Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here's what's on the podcast today. COVID numbers are climbing. School is in session for more students this week. And do we need to shut it down again? All of that is coming up. Let's get to it. Those COVID numbers are so worrying that perhaps we should just think about space instead. Maybe we should instead focus on the truly cool piece of news that just came out the last couple of hours. And that is scientists have discovered signs of life on Venus, not Mars. We've been looking at the wrong planet the whole time. I'm going to give you the details of what scientists have discovered on Venus and what does it possibly mean for us all being able to move there? Because I'm beginning to think that that might be the only way forward. That's coming up on the radio program. Also later in the radio program, your calls and your opinions on whether or not it's time to start ratcheting things back down again. If it's not time to close it all down, is it time to close some of it down? 300 And 13 cases of COVID-19 in this province in the past 24 hours. That's with 30,000 tests completed. That number, to give you some perspective, 313-313. That is the most number of cases that we've had in Ontario since June the 7th. Since June the 7th. So it is clear. We have seen the trend line over the past past week or so, which is... Into the low 200s, mid 200s, and now here we are over 300. Maybe this one is an anomaly, and tomorrow we'll go back down below uh, 300 again. But obviously, things are moving in the wrong direction. Let's get us uh, a bit of a breakdown of where the actual cases are, because this is so important as we discuss what to do, what to do about it in terms of should we roll back openings. 78% of today's cases come from three regions. Just three regions in this province account for 78% of today's cases. 112 in Toronto is number one. 71 in Peel. We don't have a breakdown as to what is Brampton and what is Mississauga. And I'm going to talk about why that is problematic in just a moment. We have 60 in Ottawa. And York Region with 13 cases. All other public health units are 10 or less than that. So those are your top numbers, though. 112 in Toronto, 71 in Peel, 60 in Ottawa. And 67% of today's cases are in people under the age of 40. Again, again it's the younger, youngins. <laughs> it's the youngsters, the young youngins. That's who it is. <laughs> uh, and... <laughs> That has real ramifications for us as we begin to think about things like universities reopening. We've seen an outbreak at Western, for example. And you're going to have to think that in the next week or so, you're going to see more outbreaks at post-secondary because people aren't doing exactly what they should. And keep in mind, when you look at that number, 313, that is the result of what happened two weeks ago. That's two weeks ago. So that's still midsummer. And remember that everything works on a bit of a two-week lag. So we have 313 cases today. That's two weeks from when the uh, contagion, when the infection probably happened. 
And then now, two weeks from now, is when we'll get a look at what the hospitalization numbers are. Because, as you know, positive cases of COVID often uh, very mild in the onset and then ramp up later and require hospitalization, sometimes ICUs, ventilators, or even worse. So the numbers are going in the wrong direction, and you're going to see those hospitalization numbers continue to go up in the days and weeks ahead. All of this while we're trying to decide whether or not to send your kid back to school. If you got kids in the TDSB like I do, uh, you're probably wondering, like, you're looking at your email every five seconds. I know I'm doing that. I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, well, where is the where, where is the thing about where my son is going to school? I don't. My son is supposed to go to school tomorrow. I don't have his homeroom number. I don't know what teacher he has. That's a bit of a problem. My daughter is supposed to start grade 10 later this week. It's been pushed back until Thursday. It was originally Wednesday. I don't have a schedule for her. I don't have any kind of uh, way to know which days she will be in class, which days she will be home, and all of this. You know, and I don't mean to complain because I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm very, very fortunate in terms of the support systems I have. I still have this job. I have, you know, there's a lot of things going right in my life that, you know, a lot of other people might not be able to point to. But it's this confusion and this uncertainty. And then you have the numbers going up. And that is why you're seeing all of this spike of people saying, you know what? I'm reconsidering. Kids are not going to class. I'm not sending my kid to class. I don't feel good about it. And now we've had the spike in online learning requests. And now that is pushed back. And then we have this from Dr. Kevin Smith from the University Health Network who put out a big warning yesterday to say that we have become now the victim of our own successes. We've let our guard down. When we look at the 20 to 40-year-olds, it is also a group of people who are are understandably fatigued with withdrawal from social life. And as we saw those great numbers below 100, zero hospitalizations, of course it was encouraging. I think, frankly, we just got overly encouraged and let our guards slip down too quickly. We see the consequences. We know the solution. That is Dr. Kevin Smith of the University Health Network. We let our guard down. We got overconfident. We saw those numbers go below 100. And especially here in Ontario, we put our hands on our hips and we said, Tisk, 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 United States. And I warned about that at the time, that this holier-than-thou, and I talk about this all the time, you know, Canadians, you know, we're... We're obviously a, a wonderful people, a great culture, but the one, the one thing that I think we, that we do that we could really do without is this holier-than-thou, we-are-better-than-our-American-cousins. Because what we've seen in the United States is the infection rate has actually begun to level off as it spikes here in Canada. Now, the numbers aren't going to line up, obviously. I mean, look at the, the size of the population down there from here. And they have... You know, obviously, Americans have much, much more significant problems as they head into a, a pivotal election than we do here. But let's get back to our good doctor, shall we? Because the doctor is so worried, especially when you start talking about hospitalization numbers. I talked about how two weeks from now we're going to see hospitalizations likely on the increase because of that number in the 300 range on case numbers. Here's in the last 24 hours, we know that we have eight more people in hospital because of COVID-19. We have three more people in ICUs 
because of COVID-19. The better news here is we have one fewer person on a one fewer on a ventilator. But back to the good doctor and his concerns about hospitalizations. If we'd seen those numbers creeping up without seeing hospitalizations required, I probably would be a little more relaxed. But the fact that we're seeing necessary hospitalization and in some cases transfers in to Canada's uh, quaternary hospital, the hospital that looks after the sickest people, that makes me very nervous. And uh, it doesn't take that long to overwhelm capacity. That is Dr. Kevin Smith of the University Health Network talking about hospitalizations are up and it does not take long to go from everything is tickety-boo in the hospitals to suddenly we don't have any capacity anymore. But where are these cases happening? What is the cause of the spike? Sure, we can say, well, we've let our guard down. And yes, that's pro- that's true. You know, I, I don't know if you were out this weekend. You get a sense where you're walking around, being out and about, that, well, COVID's done, it's all over. Well, clearly it's not. So what's causing the outbreaks? The concern I have is we're not getting the kind of information we need from public health about where exactly is it happening. For example, we know that there's been a major outbreak at a company in Mississauga. 60, at least 60 cases from this one workplace. Public health will not tell us what this workplace is, where it is, not even the industry, nothing. And the mayor of Brampton, Patrick Brown, says that is wrong. Brampton and Mississauga are very intertwined, uh, families, neighbors, uh, friends. And so, you know, we're all part of Peel Region together. And it's my belief that if you're a nearby restaurant or coffee shop or retail outlet, you have the right to know because some of these employees are going to be frequenting your establishment and you should have the right to know if there's um, a risk. That is Patrick Brown talking about the public health unit with uh, Peel with the Peel Public Health Unit not releasing that information about what company it was or any information at all. So that we can't know. We're not allowed to know that. However, seven people at Club Paradise, a gentleman's club, they get COVID-19, and that's all over the news. Why? Because we get to giggle about it, and we can shame the gentleman that went there, can't we? Oh, tisk tisk. Snicker, snicker. And what about the bars? The ones where, you know, the servers remain clothed. What about the restaurants? Where is the risk? Is it at the beaches? Is it at the parks? You know, you might think that bylaw officers are out there keeping people apart in the parks, but you would be wrong. Carlton Grant is the executive director of the Toronto Municipal Licensing and Standards Committee. We're in the most active parks. We do try to get there where we know things are happening. Uh, but again, our challenge is there's 1,500 parks in the city of Toronto, 200 officers. You can do the math. It's, and it's such a big city. It's, we, we cannot be immediate responders. So bylaw can't respond. We don't know where the spread is. So sure, we can all say, well, I don't go, I don't go to the peelers, so I'm good. 
except for we know that that's not where it's being spread. What we need is more clarity and more information from the central command. We need Doug Ford to stop ranting and shaming companies and get out there and tell us where is the transmission. Tell us some stories. I mean, you don't have to say it's Mr. Smith hosted a party, you know, on 123 Street. You don't have to do that. But tell us some specific stories so that we can have some warnings about, hey, if you're planning to have eight people over to your backyard for a party, yeah, that is totally within the rules. But it's not smart because we have this example of exactly that thing and we have a whole bunch of people with COVID. Man, I feel for the, all those parents out there getting up this morning. Uh, a number of school districts, the uh, kids are going back. Some people waking up this morning to find email saying, you know what? You're not coming back after all. Not today. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the chaos continues to just reign in the education system. There'll be questions for the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce, when he speaks with the Premier at 1 o'clock today. We will carry that for you. And, of course, there will also be questions for the Premier about the case numbers. 313 new cases in the past 24 hours in Ontario, 112 of those in Toronto. And the question for the Premier is going to be, is it time? Is it time to begin to roll back some openings? Should we close bars? Should we stop in-house restaurant dining? Should we follow suit for British Columbia, which has said nightclubs and banquet halls must close, restaurants must close earlier? So far, the Premier has maintained that we are not there yet and that if an individual mayor in an individual public health unit wants to roll those things back, all the power to them. So John Tory can say, no banquet halls. Can't go, can't, you know, can't go to a bar, let's say, for example, in Toronto. John Tory could say that. And then, of course, you could just go to a bar in Mississauga because Mississauga might say something different. And what if Mississauga says, well, bars should be open, but Patrick Brown in Brampton, which is still the same public health unit, says, no. It's all very confusing. Dr. Colin Furness is an infection control epidemiologist and assistant professor at the University of Toronto. Joins me on the line to try and make sense of these new case numbers. Welcome to the program, Colin. Is it time to roll back openings? It is. I think there's no question. We could get away with a lot during the hot summer weather. And I think experts have been saying, a lot of people have been saying, there's going to be a reckoning uh, for all the, all the loosening of restrictions. I'm glad we were able to open things in the summer and give people a little bit of normalcy. But we can see what the numbers are doing. And they're spiking sooner than I expected, which is obviously worrisome. In the last segment, I talked about the two-week lag time. Uh, Maybe you can expand on that. The case numbers we see today are two weeks ago, and that hospitalizations would be two weeks from now. Is that accurate? More or less, um, depending on who you're talking about, what population you're talking about, you may see symptoms sooner or a little bit later. But roughly speaking, people who are presenting today with a positive test were infected something like 10 days ago, plus or minus. And uh, hospitalizations tend to follow a week or two later once people get good and sick. Now, depending on, again, the, the age group we're talking about, back in March, COVID was hitting marginalized people. We didn't understand the kinds of protections that we needed back then, uh, older folks, people who were more susceptible. The 
rise in cases now tends to be among younger folks, so we may not see a giant jump in hospitalizations, or we may not see that right away. So if there is no jump in hospitalizations and we're not taxing the healthcare system in terms of ICUs or ventilators, then does it follow that we should roll back these openings? COVID is a very unpleasant illness, and even if you get it in a non-threatening form, that is to say that you're not actually required to be hospitalized, you have to understand that um, the kind of damage to your body and to your brain uh, can happen anyway. This is not a disease you want. This is not a disease you want to weather. And so using just hospitalizations or ventilations as a, a measure of severity, I think, is missing the fact that this is, this is, a, this is dangerous for everybody. Speaking with Dr. Colin Furness, who is an infection control epidemiologist, and as we look at those numbers, uh, Colin, are you frustrated by the lack of information about exactly where the infections are coming from, or do you think you have enough info on that? I wish there was more transparency and more data collection around where, but also around um, situations. I mean, to what to what extent are people able? Are we even able to attribute where cases are coming from? Uh, is it occupation? Are there occupations or occupational exposures we need to know about? In other words, the more we can understand not just where but how. Uh, transmission is happening, the more everybody could take steps and the more we could craft better public policy. So I think I would I would like to see more transparency, yes. I, I Just, just you know, anecdotally, I mean, I, I live across the street from a park and a church. I see both things from my window. Uh, and this weekend, the church was in session, a lot of people. And I thought, that doesn't look, that doesn't look smart. And then there's a lot of people, you know, playing horseshoes or all kinds of different sports in the park. And I think, well, there's a lot of people touching things in common, whether it's, you know, whether it's a baseball or a horseshoe. But we don't seem to really know where these, inf- where these infections are coming from. In warmer weather, touching common objects outside is not going to be the thing to be afraid of. Can you get sick that way? Yes, but it's not going to be, it's really not going to be the main thing. The main thing that's been driving this so far, I think, have been people interacting indoors without masks. And so when you, when you speak of the church across the street, what I would really want to know is how full is it? What's the ventilation like in there? And what proportion of people are wearing masks? Because if all of those are, if, the, if, if only about a quarter of the church is full, and they've got a good ventilation system and people are wearing masks. Um, It's not my favorite thing to see people congregating at all, but if they're doing all those things, it's hard to call that really risky or dangerous. If the place is full, if it's poorly ventilated, if people aren't wearing masks, if people are singing, those are all things to worry about. Uh, And a final question for you, uh, Dr. Furness. As kids go back to school, my kids going back to school this week, you see those numbers going up. I mean, where's the tipping point here in terms of having to, say, no school? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, The... Schools are not, I I don't believe schools are going to be drivers of infections. They're going to reflect what's happening in the community. So rather than worrying about how many infections might there be in this one school, it is that community number and that neighborhood number that matters. And rather than there being sort of an exact line in the sand in terms of number of cases, um, what I would be concerned about is what proportion of cases, of new cases, can we say we have no idea where they got it from? Because once that's happened, then we, we could say we don't have control anymore. And that would happen around the same time that we're unable to process tests rapidly enough and unable to start contact tracing rapidly enough. So that that tells you that we're in trouble when those things all start to happen. And it would be something we could reach soon, I'm, I'm sorry to say. I'm hoping we don't. 
As a parent with kids in the system, I hope so, too. Dr. Colin Furness, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the program. My pleasure. Thanks. Let's get to your calls, and is it time to shut things down? i got to skip ahead here, Rob. I'm going to skip over the uh, fall forecast. I'm going to try and get to that uh, before we run out of time, if I can. Anthony Farnell uh, putting out some information of what to expect weather-wise, and isn't that important when we talk about economic activity and whether or not we're going to be allowed to even go inside. But as you look at that case number, 313, we're going to get to your calls at 416-870-6400 in just a moment on whether or not it's time to shut it all down. But I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on television or the radio. But Dr. Colin Furness is indeed a doctor, an infection control epidemiologist. And earlier in this hour, he was on this radio station. I asked him directly, with that case number, with those case numbers going up, is it time to shut things down? I think there's no question. We could get away with a lot during the hot summer weather, and I think experts have been saying, a lot of people have been saying, there's going to be a reckoning uh, for all the all the loosening of restrictions. I'm glad we were able to open things in the summer and give people a little bit of normalcy, but we can see what the members are doing, and they're spiking sooner than I expected, which is obviously worrisome. So the numbers are on the way up, and from that medical expert a call to begin shutting things back down. What do you think? 416-870-6400. Should we close bars? Should we close strip clubs? Should we say no more church? What should happen? Let's get to the lines. Michael is on line one. What do you think, Michael? Oh, hey, Alan. You know what I was thinking? Based on the numbers, as you said earlier, these numbers are from two weeks ago. So what we need to do is dial it back down to phase two in Toronto, Peel, and Ottawa, where the hot spots are, uh, sort of give that as a warning shot. And if that doesn't work, then we need to go through another provincial lockdown. So here, here's a couple problems with what you're suggesting. Um, if you were to say Peel and Toronto back to stage two, but then you would have Durham and York all still, you know, full guns ahead, full guns blazing on stage three. Is that yeah. fair? I, I think that can be problematic, and you're going to easily see people move from, say, Toronto or Peel to do business in those other areas. But it is a warning shot, though, because those are where the numbers are. And then the idea is that, hey, if Toronto and Peel don't get their act together, um, you know, the other parts of the province may suffer the consequences. But, again, the the spike in numbers is way too high. Uh, We're only in early fall. We don't even have most students back in school yet. So this is very troubling on a number of fronts. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you, Michael. And that number... Today, I think a lot of us were hoping that the number would be closer to 200, you know, as we sort of try and, you know, hover in the 2 to 250s, but that is not where the numbers are going. 313. Well, you heard Michael's perspective, which was, it is time to roll it back. And not in a Walmart price chop kind of way either. It's time to roll back those openings. What do you think? 416-870-6400. Do you agree with that? Craig is online too. What do you think, Craig? No, I, I don't. I don't think they should just lock it back down. It's, uh, when when do the pros outweigh the cons? Uh, I think more damage is going to be done with another lockdown to our society. Not just economically, but health-wise too. People are going to be suffering from this, more so than the virus would cause. Our epidemiologist who was on earlier in the program, I just played a little clip from uh, Dr. Furness there, saying that the difficulty here is that even though hospitalizations 
are not going up. It's because younger people are getting the disease and they don't end up in hospital, but it still has a significant impact. It is a dangerous disease. And I guess the question for you, Craig, is, you know, how do you balance the public health from COVID-19? It is obviously on the upswing with the economic health overall. Like I said, it's not just economic health. People are losing their, their livelihoods, their businesses, whatever. That, 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 that sucks, uh, putting it bluntly. But you got to think about mental health. People that aren't visiting hospitals because they're scared that they might get it. People that aren't, uh, hospitals aren't accepting them. So they're not getting checked right away. There's a backlog in surgeries. You, you, you have hunger, poverty is going up. Like the list keeps on going on from the effects of the lockdown to fight the coronavirus. Which one, which one is worse? It's a great question, Craig, and I don't think there's a real answer. Um, I know a lot of people say that we just can't go back to what we had before. We just can't do the mass shutdown that we had before. Perhaps it needs to be more targeted, and that seems to be the point that Jason is making. Jason is on line one. Hi, Jason. Good afternoon, Alan. Um, Yes, let's start with the peeler bars. Um, I can't understand how they're even open in the first place. And then moving on from there. Where people are gathering and they're drinking and they're speaking moistly, we gave it a shot, like Doug says, and it's not working. So, yes, more, uh, as you said, more specified closings and evaluating things on a larger level. Absolutely. Another thing I'd like to add, too, totally disappointed in Costco. They do not have any directional arrows in those stores. They are a gong show, and I (laughs) will not go back. (laughs) <laughs> well, the Costco's a gong show at any time. And, and, and as for the directional uh, signs in the store, does anybody pay attention to those anywhere? Yeah. I mean, I was I was at the grocery store. It wasn't, wasn't the Costco, but I, nobody pays attention to which way you're supposed to be going. When they all come together in the gong show, I actually see people looking at the floor, trying to figure out what's going on for a little bit of direction. All right, thanks, Jason. Jason calling for the closure of strip joints, gentlemen's clubs, as Club Paradise is uh, uh, is called. That is where the most recent outbreak in Toronto has been, or at least when we actually get the name of an establishment of a place. I don't, I don't understand why it is we can say Brass Rail or Club Paradise, but you know, you can't say a, a, an actual name of a business or a manufacturing company in Peel. Could Peel Regional Health Unit saying, well, yeah, we've had 60, 60 plus outbreaks, but we're not going to tell you where. Let's go to Alex, who is on line three. What do you think, Alex? Is it time to shut it back down? Hi, it's, uh, my name is Alex, and I think that's it. That's no time to shut it down. We shouldn't shut it down at the first place, like Sweden, like Denmark. Denmark shut it down. I mean, Sweden, I understand, but Denmark and Sweden are two totally different responses. But but right now, Denmark is open. Sweden never shut it down, and they already have a herd immunity. So that's an issue. So masks actually hurt you more than beneficial. So healthy people shouldn't wear the masks, shouldn't lock down. So everything should be working. So uh, it all should be voluntarily. So masks are shutting down. If people have fears, go ahead, stay home. That's it. 
All right, thanks, Alex. I, I appreciate that. I, you know, there's so much concern out there. I mean, you have the parents who are trying to figure out whether or not the kids go back. And what we hear from the experts is that what happens in schools, you know, schools are not going to be necessarily vectors. It's not going to be about, you know, that the school itself becomes the super spreading event. But it's rather what's happening in the community that that school is in. That's the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch the Alan Carter Show weekdays starting at noon.